Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Dear Workwives. I'm Emily. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, she's going to let, she's waiting me to do the intros. But I am still Emily. And I'm Adrian. And excuse me. We are doubling up if you notice we're wearing the same clothes. Uh Oh. But it's because we have to double up. We are recording two episodes in one day because I'm going on vacation in a few days. And then Adrian and I are going to be at a conference together, which is so exciting. So fun. It's called podcast movement. If there's any other podcasters out there, Emily and I will be there. Yeah. Live to are here as this airs. This was going to air the day that we're there. So we're we're here here. live and we're even going to be doing a live recording tonight. I know. I'm really excited. Um, and so, you know, we do this little thing, uh, in part of clockwork called batching your work. It's more efficient. So this is us batching our work. Um, so because we kind of already did a little bit of a catch up, we're going to do, would you rather again, because we got some good feedback. Um, and I'm going to ask you the questions these time, but I'm also going to give my opinion because I always have one. I do not. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So first, would you rather, would you rather work at job, um, have a terrible boss and a good job or a good boss and a terrible job? Um, what's terrible job mean? I guess. Like mm. you hate the work you're doing, oh. but you love the people you work with or hate the people mm. you work with, but love the work you do. That's hard. I think I'd rather love the people and hate the job, but that's really hard. Wholeheartedly agree. Cause I think it's more emotionally challenging to work with people who you don't like than it is to just do mindless work all day. Yeah, totally. Personal, personal for me, for me, same. I know there are it, it feels yeah. sad to like give up even this hypothetical scenario, like give up the work that I love. I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, it'd be amazing though. I get to do the work that I love. Yeah. Nothing will make me sad about that except being around miserable people all day. That would, probably, right. it would be a real buzzkill. So I guess I'd choose to do something I didn't really love doing but especially if it was like monotonous I could get into that you know yeah doing some monotonous work that really kind of sucks but there's also something to be said about like when you go home at night that time type of monotonous work that you don't have to think about you can just shut your brain off I know sometimes I like dream of that romanticize yeah of life where like I do something like very shift work. Like when I'm out, I'm out. And it's not something that I think about at the end mm-hmm. of the day. Yeah. I did that my life, but I no. do romanticize that thought. I remember when I first moved, uh, I don't know, like 13, 14 years ago, I moved back to Ontario for a, what, what turned out to be eight months um, yeah. from BC because my dad was really sick. So I moved back home to help take care of him. And I got a job at a mushroom farm, (laughs) picking mushrooms because I just needed a job, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought, oh, whatever, it's fine. You just show up and you just, and I lasted three days. No. Before I couldn't do it. This is the worst. So hard. It was so brain, like mindless Um, and boring. Yeah. That, and I didn't like the people I worked with either. So it was both. Yeah. Cause I was like, as I was saying, I was like, oh, I think I'm contradicting myself. The work, the work was <laughs> awful. Your the work was awful, but I didn't like the people I worked with. Would it have been better if I liked the people I work with? Probably. Cause you could have like chit chatted, you know? Yeah. It's the kind of job where you can chit chat and you could go, you could like, 
Yeah. So yeah, people. All right. Same people. Okay. Would you rather go on a nearby business trip alone or travel far away with all of your coworkers? Travel far away with all of my coworkers. Easy question because you like all of us, but yeah. what if it's option B where you like don't like your coworkers and you're like really far away from home? Like you get to yeah. explore like England or Scotland though. But I don't think I'd still like to travel, you know, yeah. even if they suck. Um, would you rather, oh, this is a good one. Would you rather work four day weeks or work two months on and one month off? Um, do I have the same job I currently have? Yeah. Like this job four Four day day weeks weeks. or two weeks on four day day weeks for me, because I'd still be thinking about stuff even during my, cause you're an entrepreneur. I just can't. Yeah. What if it was just a job though? Like put your job hat on, pretend this is just a job for you and you don't own the company. Then probably two months on, one month off would be great. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like. But then the, do I, on the two months on, am I working seven days a week or five? Yeah. Days like you work for two months straight and then you get a month off. Cause I think that's the same math. Oh no, no, no. Four day week still. I don't want to work seven days. I can't. No. I, I think that like a four day work week is actually so luxurious. Yeah. And I feel like there's nothing that you can't do. You can take an, you can take a long weekend away because yeah. you have a three-day weekend. You can't, you know, like there's just, it's just perfect. You can I like think, get some things done, especially if you have children, like they're still at school or daycare. Yeah. You can like get some things done for yourself so that when the weekend comes, you're a little bit more like refreshed and refreshed and ready to go. And yeah, yeah I'm picking the four-day week either way. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, would you, this is funny. Would you rather work? You're an employee. You're not you. Would you rather work for a startup or a corporation? A startup. Yeah. Except I'm probably more likely to get laid off, but (laughs) (laughs) I, but it would probably be more exciting to me. Like whatever they're doing is probably more interesting to me than a corporation, but I could be wrong. Uh, it's so, I mean, obviously I have it, I have it. Re- the only reason that I would pick a corporation is because of like the benefits. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like my husband, like I'm like a startup all day, but like my husband works for corporations. So, like we're good. We're good mm-hmm. on like I uh, dental and eye care and massage, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like the perks that come with the corporation are nice. Um, are nice, you know, for sure. Really appealing. It's sort of changing my mind. I feel like maybe I want to work at a corporation now because like startups, they work you silly. Like they'll work you into the ground because they're trying to make some money. Whereas corporations, like even though people talk about how much they, you know, have to overwork at corporations. Like I remember when I was in corporate, like you could do something in like two hours and they thought it was going to take you all week, you know? Right. They have no idea. Like. No, a hundred percent. Like you, you wow them. Like I would wow them just by doing something that's like mediocre. They're like, oh my gosh. And I think it's because so many people suck maybe that like when you're decent at something, it just like really stands out. Yeah. And, (laughs) and you just have so much structure, you know, like so much structure. There's also HR. So if someone's acting inappropriate or, you know, has too much of an ego or is 
being mean to me. Like I can report them. Whereas at a lot of startups, that's not even a thing. And then you're just like, yeah, arguing with the CEO and that ain't going to work. So totally. I don't know. Sometimes I think startups and small businesses are actually more toxic than they have less, they have less things generally I'm generalizing. This is not true for everyone, but they have less things in place to protect the employee. And themselves, which is why it can get toxic really quickly because they don't yeah. have the resources to make sure everything is spick and span all the time. Yep. So, um, okay. Would, this is the best. Would you, would you rather be the best at a terrible job or be the worst at your dream job? Oh, I I struggle because I always want to be the best, but I'm going to be the worst at my dream job and I'm going to work my tush off and I'm going to become the best. And I'm going to, the reason I'm the worst is because there are so many people there that I can learn from. So I'm going to go there and I'm going to be the worst and I'm going to learn from these people. (laughs) You're such an Enneagram three. I'm going to pick the other option because I'm going to become the best basically is what you said. Yeah, I'm going to become the best because I have this environment where I can learn from all these people who are doing such an incredible job, but at least I'm doing something that I love. Oh man. I want to get better at versus like, oh, you're the best at picking mushrooms. Like, yeah. (laughs) Like, (laughs) wow. (laughs) Thank you. You know, like that doesn't really do that much for my ego. Right. So I'm going to be the worst. Okay. What about you? Um, I don't know if I could handle the emotional toll of being the I'm worst being the at worst. something <laughs> like, I don't think my, I don't have, I'm not an Enneagram three. I'm an Enneagram six. So to me, I would crumble under that. So <laughs> I think I'm I need like, to be the best at the worst job to be yeah, honest. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to be the worst and then become the best. So it's yeah. fine. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I love okay. how we're both like come out. Okay, let's do a fun one. Um, oh my gosh, this is so dumb, but I love it. Would you, if you, would you rather chew cold hard ice cream or eat hot food without blowing on it? Oh gosh. I guess the cold hard ice cream because it's more temporary than scalding your mouth. Then scalding my mouth and then I burn my taste buds off. Totally. Oh my gosh, a burnt mouth is way worse than a cold mouth. Like I hate the cold sensation too, because then it hurts your brain and all of that, but at least it like goes away after a couple minutes. No, I agree. I think you're right. Also, I am fun fact, I do bite my ice cream. I am that person. I don't, I don't um lick it. Like, like I, it takes me four seconds to eat any sort of ice cream or popsicle because I just, and honestly, if you hand me a sucker, I'm going to bite it too. You know, like, um, I also don't have, um, feeling left in my fingertips from, so like I, when I like pull hot things out, like I don't feel them anymore from burning them so much, from burning them so many times. So (laughs) yeah, singe them right up. I mean, I do have fingertips FBI and and taste buds. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, that was fun. I love these. I think we just need to do them all the time when we have nothing to say to each other, which perfect is rare, but it was rare. I was there. Okay. So we have three stories from Reddit today. I'm going to read them to Adrian. She has no idea what these stories are. So we're going to get her immediate 
surprise uh, reaction. Surprise reaction to them. <laughs> okay. Hearing the this is this is the title. Hearing the phrase stay in your lane makes me irrationally angry. Need advice. Mm-hmm. At work, there's a manager who oversees the team that I write reports to funders on. We do not report to each other, but our roles support each other. Her team gets the outcomes. I make sure it's communicated. I find this manager highly ineffective and it is known and they are known in the, as the workplace bully. They preach the idea of staying in your lane on the surface. It makes sense. Everyone has a job to do and we have to get these essential duties completed. Sometimes folks get distracted and miss important responsibilities, which certain, uh, when certain tasks don't get done or don't get done well, it's a problem. Staying in your lane makes sense to some degree, but I'm not going to stay in my lane when I'm stuck in traffic. If a deadline is approaching and you haven't gotten your shit done, I'm going to say something. I'm not going to handle my reporting last minute because your team didn't get your stuff done. How do I handle someone who's constantly saying stay in your lane if them staying in their lane means I'm stuck in traffic? Yeah, you have to communicate that. And yeah. I think that's a beautiful way to communicate it. Like, I yeah. totally understand the sentiment of staying in my lane, except that there are certain times when there are things that cross over into my department. Our departments work very closely together. I yeah. need your stuff, you know, to be able to do my stuff, et cetera. And there are certain times when staying in my lane creates traffic or when there are roadblocks, right? Yeah. We need a better way to communicate those things with each other uh, so that we can move more smoothly. Uh, But I do think you should say something. Yeah. And I think you can use that analogy because it makes sense. I mean, we have like in our business, we have a Slack and every day we put concerns or roadblocks at the end of like, yeah, what are the roadblocks? Right. And Maybe there's just a system that you need so that you as a team can communicate when someone's, when someone is a roadblock to you doing your reporting or to something that needs to be communicated. Um, so that it's not like confrontational. It's just like a system and part of the business and then they can update you of when you can expect it, et cetera. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I definitely think you don't need to be staying in your lane right now because it's not. I think it is your lane though. Like it is your, like, that's the thing. And that's yeah. what I would communicate is like, well, actually this is, it, this is my lane because it it's does collaborative, this yeah. is a collaborative unit. So, you know, even though mm-hmm. you have your responsibilities and I have mine, like these all overlap the same thing. Yeah. And we're waiting on you for this. And we're, you know, we can't do this until we have this from you. And so this mm-hmm. is actually still my lane. I have definitely been guilty of like when someone is coming for me mm-hmm. or my work or questioning something like thinking of like, oh, I wish they would just stay in their lane. Like, just let me do my thing and you do your thing. Um, and it's usually when things are not going well in my lane. So mm. I'm like, can you just let, feels... leave me be to sort this out? You know? Yeah. So I'm not saying I think it's right by any stretch, but I totally understand that sentiment of like, I'm aware that there's a problem and I'm trying to fix it. Can you just like back off for a minute? Um, But I do think that people say it all the time in more of a, this is none of your business kind of way, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, it is my business. And there's a, there's a difference between like, this is none of your business. And I know there's a problem and I'm trying to fix it. Give me a minute, you know? Right. It sounds like this is like a repeat thing though, whether it's like, 
monthly they have reporting that they're supposed to do or yeah. something like that and it's not working yeah. on the timelines so I think yeah having a conversation with this person I wouldn't put them on the spot I wouldn't do it in a group setting either because I think that would not go well in terms of making them feel especially if they're if they already know there's a problem and they're feeling behind and then you're calling them out in front of people like yeah I would do this privately I would communicate why it's really important for you all to be on the same page or how can I support you mm-hmm. to get these things done on time or whatever so that we can be more collaborative yeah um, but that I I think we're all working in the same lane here <laughs> exactly we're going on this even if it's slightly separate, like we're going on the same highway. So we got to work together here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Next one is, I think my manager tricked me into signing an unprofessional review. I'm 20 and this is my first real job. I work as a receptionist in a medical clinic. My manager called me in for my review and told me I hadn't been progressing as they wanted. I was taken aback because absolutely no issues were ever brought up to me. And I had no idea I wasn't up to standards. We spoke and she was understanding. I explained myself for any issues she brought up, um, you know, and, and I apologized for my actions. She had paperwork in front of her that wasn't filled out, but she said she'd fill it out after and give me a copy, but she'd get me to sign it now. And I did stupidly about 30 minutes later, she gave me a copy of the paperwork. I read the review. It was the most unprofessional document ever. And I cried reading it. Here are some direct quotes. You act like you know everything. You get angry when you're told to do something. You need to get off your chair and do something. Got very emotional during this review. I was heartbroken reading this. My manager mentioned that some of this was from other coworkers' opinions. um, And I feel like it's a very toxic environment. What do I do next? A few people have told me to take this to a lawyer. Do I, am I overreacting? I don't know what to do next. Yikes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's confusing completely inappropriate that they had you sign a blank paper and then wrote all those things. I mean, maybe that was what they were communicating to you in the review meeting. It sounds like not, it sounds like that's not how they said it at least. Right. Again, you probably like, we talked about this a few episodes ago, like you should never be hearing about these things for the first time as a surprise at your review. So that's unfortunate as well, that like Mm -hmm. you weren't getting the feedback to improve along the way. So that's, pretty unfair and yeah. to have any different expectations if you didn't even know that there was a problem um if you have someone above your manager I would probably be going to them first before I necessarily went to a lawyer you know HR or if there's a CEO or you know some leadership on your team I would be going communicating what happened specifically mm-hmm. if that's not a thing I think I would be questioning how important is this to me? You're 20 years old. You're in a receptionist role. Is this important enough to you to spend money on a lawyer to resolve this? I don't know. Um, where is it worth just look, starting to look for a new job? If this is the management that you're under right now. Um, yeah, you could also have a conversation with this person directly of like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like I signed this paper because it was blank. This is not how I anticipated this to be documented. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like this is not what we discussed, you know, verbatim in our conversation. And so I would like for this to be destroyed. Like this is not the review that I approved of, you know, in terms of signing off on this documentation. 
see what happens there if you try to have that conversation. But I think it really depends on like what, how important this is to you, what you really want to do next and what leadership is already in place at this place, you know, like if yeah. there is HR, if there is someone higher up, I'd be going to them because this sounds a little wild. Yeah. I think it's one of those situations where I would at this stage in your life and your career, and even you hadn't even been there. It's like a six month review. I would be okay, cool. And looking elsewhere, you know, just like not that, it's not that deep. Okay. This like true colors have been shown. Um, but I wouldn't be quit on the spot. I would just start looking, start putting some feelers out, but I do of course in a predicament, but, but yeah. And of course, if there is upper management, I would want it documented that you signed a blank because that is just not, I'm sure that's not policy. So I don't know. It's really unfortunate. It sounds essentially, I mean, sounds like you were really hoodwinked there. Yeah. But sometimes people think that they're being super clear. Like maybe that's exactly how they felt your review right. went verbally. Um, or maybe they're just a terrible manager, which kind of sounds like they are. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Last one for today. Should I and leave oh, as, sorry, a, as a tidbit for future? Don't ever sign a blank document. Oh, you never, ever, never. And I know that you you're like, 20, we're not trying to rub salt trust- in the wound. No, no, no. You're no. trusting of this person. I get it, but live and learn. Everyone burned. Yeah. Never sign a blank document, especially a check. A check. <laughs> I learned that in the movie blank check. Do those even exist anymore? Checks? Yeah, I have checks. I have to. No, pay. you don't. Yeah, I have to what? pay in checks for kids gymnastics and swimming. Do they cost money? The checks, check or cash? Um, uh, my bank provides me with like a certain number of them per year, and mm-hmm. it's like maybe twenty or thirty, and I don't use all of them, so right. they don't cost me like extra money or anything. But I don't write a lot of checks. I oh, can't and remember. I pay for her school with a check. I can't remember the last time I wrote a check. Yeah, we write a check at least once a month over here. Wild. I know. (laughs) I mean, a lot of places here just do e-transfer now. Most places do that. I don't know why, like her school and her... It's better documentation though. So I guess it's good for you. I guess. Yeah. Okay, last one here. Should I leave a poor review about a toxic workplace I used to work at? I found myself at a toxic with a capital T workplace last year. And I left after nine months, everything there's red flags everywhere. Uh, unclear work expectations, poor communication, bad leadership. I was reduced to non-existent boundaries, passive aggressive emails at 10 PM manipulative and unhappy boss making life, making the life of everyone else miserable. Uh, the role kept, the role keeps getting advertised. And since I'm not in touch with anyone who works there, I believe that my experience has kept on repeating with someone else. So, you know, duh. Um, I'm hesitant in leaving a glass door review as I risk giving too much away, which may affect, uh, which may affect me when it comes to a reference. Also, I feel sick thinking about the experience. My cur- current workplace is so much nicer. My friends say not to dwell on the past and move on, but there's a small part of me that wants to prevent someone else from having the same experience I did. Should I leave a review on Glassdoor? Ooh, I'm torn. I feel like, do you really need this review if you're already like happy at your next workplace and they'd probably give you a review? Mm-hmm. Um, like, 
I don't know. There's like a little bit of like a savior complex happening. Like, do you really, do you really think you're like saving these people by writing a review? Like maybe helpful sort of, but yeah, I understand where your friends are coming from too, of like, just let it go. Like, but would, would leaving the review let you like, let it go closure and move on? Yeah. Because you need to, yeah, you do need to like, let it go. You keep looking at, it's like an ex-boyfriend that you're like still following on Instagram or something. Yeah. Like stop looking that they're continuing to have this job posted, you know? Yeah. What are your thoughts? Would you leave it or not? I mean, I, I feel like if you cannot, I feel like only say what you're comfortable defending. You know, so if yeah, you like, are going to make it more general, yeah, if you're going to leave a very specific review, just leave it knowing that you're going to, you might have to defend it, you know, if it becomes too specific. And I think that in this internet culture day and age, like this there are age. so many people who just love to anonymously troll. Mm-hmm. And I'm not here for like troll cancel culture. If you're going to say something, I believe that you should be, say you it. should say it, you know, outright. And, you know, if you're speaking the truth and it's, the, it's not, it's like indisputable, then just say it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what it's going to accomplish for you, except right. for possibly opening up a can of worms. Uh, or opening yourself up to have to keep having interactions with these people. If, you know, maybe they're going to ask you to take it down or maybe someone's going to reach maybe out to you, you know, comment on glass door. And then you're going to want to respond to the comments. Yes. Um, but then again, maybe leaving that first review is going to open the floodgates for more people to leave reviews and really expose like a truly toxic workplace. Sometimes it does take one whistleblower to yeah, like, you know, so I guess it depends. Some of the things that you shared. Okay, go ahead. Is there a chance that this workplace does not even know that they are toxic? I was going to say like some of the things that you were sharing, like emails at 10 and unclear, poor communication and bad, like bad leadership. Like that sounds like it could be any workplace. So (laughs) like, is there, is there specific stuff or is it just you know, like a typical want, want work culture, (laughs) to be honest. Yeah. Because there's a good chance that it's just like all of this stuff. Not your cup of tea. Right. And I know I'm sitting here being like, this stuff sounds so common. Why are you complaining about it? And that's not the gist. I'm not like saying, I'm saying this is the kind of stuff we want to change, of course. But I'm like, are you going to change it from glass door? That's no. why I'm like, uh, we do want whistleblowers, like from the dear work wives perspective, like we want people to be out there communicating that like, this is unacceptable and like things don't have to be this way. But I think that yeah. starts with leadership, you know? Yeah. And so that's my question is like, does this leadership even know? It sounds like no, because they're still your reference. So when you right. left, when you left that organization, what did you say? Did you, yeah. were you honest? This is or, why I'm leaving, or yeah. did you sugarcoat it? Right. Right. And that I think is your answer. If you sugarcoated it, do not write that class door. You didn't even give them the opportunity to change it, to fix it, to do better. They don't yeah. even know maybe that they're doing something that 
was inappropriate or yeah. a little bit more toxic or poor leadership, et cetera. If you gave them the opportunity to fix it and they didn't, glass door. 100%. I wholeheartedly agree. Yep. Same page as always. Listen, one thing we do have to start doing is getting on different pages so that we can have a little bit more. We're always on the same page. So can you disagree with me? No, because (laughs) you're often, uh, you're right. And I agree with you and I'm right. So yeah, not on this one, maybe another one. And maybe there'll be another one where we don't agree. Okay. Well, that's all the stories that we had for this week and all the would you rathers. And, um, I can't wait to see how the, our live recording at podcast movement turns out. Hopefully it's amazing. And if you're at podcast movement right now, come say hi to it. Come find us. I don't know where we're going to be because there's 50,000 talks happening all the time, which is amazing, but come find the work wifeys. Yeah. We'd love to hang out. Yeah. We'd All right. Well, your toxic work stories and then we would a hundred percent. We would. <laughs> and we'll see you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday.